Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and back with me today to make our Week 7 Picks of the Week is the superstar of the podcast, Charlie. Charlie, how you doing? Doing all right today, thank you. A little smirk. I know that I don't know if that came through on on the on the podcast here, but there's a smirk with you. I'm doing okay. I was trying to take one last bite of my. Oh, you were prepared to actually no, start talking. I was not. I didn't think we were starting that quickly. Charlie, this is business time. We're not eating. This is not eating time. It's always time. To You're have recording snack. a podcast. How are you snacking? I'm not I feel like that shouldn't now. be allowed to happen. Yes, you are. You just put something in your mouth. Don't lie to our listeners. I'm not lying. You're clearly lying. I'm done. Uh, I, I see a... No, you're not done. I'm done. Uh-huh. I will not All right. eat anymore. Well, I don't want to affect the have listeners. You, as to the podcast, have you looked back at the picks from last week? Um, I Yes, but now it's later in the week and I've pretty much forgotten. You texted me on Saturday and you're like, this is not a good week for us. But it actually kind of wasn't terrible. You actually had a pretty good week. Nah. I think you just forgot who you picked. No, I had it on my phone and I was tracking it all day. I mean, I thought, it was just like, really? I mean, honestly, if you look at it, well, I think I get what you're saying is we were so close to a perfect week. We had a few bad beats go against us, but honestly, I know at the beginning of these episodes, it's our responsibility to take ownership of our bad picks. Like, do you feel like you had any like just like atrociously bad picks? No, they were just all good games. Yeah, and I know you say, well, Alabama, like. You picked Alabama to cover 18, and they lost the game. Yeah, but I still so stand by. Else. Yeah, I stand by that pick. I, I, I would make that pick again. Alabama wins that game probably eight out of ten times, and it just happened to be one of the two that, that they lost, and they lost it. So that's fine. They lost, but like I still stand by that pick. I don't feel bad about it. Uh, we actually had you and I both had Texas to win straight up as an upset special, and then the horns just. Well, I was listening to a podcast and somebody said that that entire game was like Texas's entire season, which is true. I think it's like, like they yeah. were scoring, they were doing really well. Texas is back, and then it, they it just they killed. I think themselves. it's like Texas's existence over the past decade on loop. Like that's what it was, that's what right? I mean. Hey, we're back. No. We're not back, right? And it screwed us in the process as you and I were both on the horns, not just to cover but to win outright. And the way it played out, not only did they not win outright, but they didn't even cover, which no, sucks. They did not. So, but we were still close on them. I don't feel bad about that. Uh, then Virginia Tech also let that potential upset, a slight upset, but an upset nonetheless, over Notre Dame slip away late as they end up losing. By three at home to Notre Dame. They, they had that game too. And they just ended up blowing. It was a very close one there. Bama, we just got wrong. But, well, we weren't even close with Bama. Um, but that just it happens sometimes. It happens. How about uh, that Iowa-Penn State game? Uh-huh. What about it? Well, I mean, I got it right. As far as I'm concerned, I got that game right. Did you? I got that game right. I, I had that game nailed because... You I'm did. pretty sure there's an X on your sheet. Okay, yeah, there is, I guess, officially, technically. And Charlie, you're eating again. You're Sorry. lying to our listeners. Are you lying <laughs> to yourself now? Last one, no the more. Last one. Okay, anyway, Sean Clifford had Penn State up 17-3 in that game. 
They were going to beat Iowa going away by two plus scores in that game if Sean Clifford does but not get they hurt. Didn't. But he got hurt. So I look, I am fine. Like it, it happens. It's football. It happens. And hey, Will Levis transferring this transfer portal killed Penn State. Will Levis is in that game. If he's still on that team, they win. But mm-hmm. their quarterback literally their back their third string quarterback could not complete a forward pass. So yeah, I lost that one, but I stand by the pick. Penn State is a better football team. If they played that game again and and Sean Clifford played the entire game, Sean Clifford leads that team to victory, and I think by multiple scores. So yeah, you won. Good for you. Great. But I'm, can you tell I'm a little annoyed by that? Yeah. Very saying. annoyed. Just I was watching. I you know raced home on Saturday night to watch all the other games after the Auburn game, and that was the first one I pulled up because I was I knew that that was like our one that was our one difference right last week. Yeah. Just that one game. So I was all in that game. They were up a couple scores early, and I was feeling good. And then Clifford mysteriously disappears from the game. It wasn't really a moment where it looked like he got hurt, but he's gone. And and that sucked. But, Charlie, I will admit you did have a, a very good week last week. The only difference we had, I, I guess, was that Iowa-Penn State game. But I'll give you credit. You nailed it. At the end of the day, I thought I had it, but you nailed it. You ended up going 6-3 on the week because we had that bonus game, the Nebraska-Michigan bonus game. Uh, while I went 5-4 and four against the spread, just one game behind you last week. So that brings our season totals to 25-24 uh, and 24 for yourself, Charlie. So that that week last week bumped you up over 500. It's going to feel good. What is it again? Say it again. You're 25-24. and 24. Oh, well. Hmm. 25-24. And and I am now 26-23. and 23. I'm a game ahead of you. Oh, you oh, gained a game. You gained a game. That's way better than what I thought I was. Do you not, Charlie? Uh, where I mean, are you while we record these episodes I go every week? Every by week. week. You were six and three last week. You had a good week. That's why when you were texting me, I was like, "What are you talking about? You're doing well." Yeah, but now it's Wednesday and I've forgotten. Oh, okay. That that's not scary at all. <laughs> I know it's terrifying. Goldfish over here. But uh, yeah, so you're 25, 24. I'm 26 and 23 against the spread. And again, like we got some really bad beats with our upset specials last week with Texas and Nebraska failing to hold on to those late leads. But close losses are still losses, and that dropped me to six and three on the year. My upset specials, Charlie, you're now three and three in your upset specials. I did, however, get back on track with my locks as Kentucky dominated LSU. That was my lock of the week. I did throw in a bonus lock. I went out on a limb and locked up Nebraska in a bonus pick, and they let me down. They let me down. Nebraska did what Nebraska does. Nebraska was winning that football game. You guys saw Nebraska was up. They should have won the game. Doesn't Sh- matter if should, they were. You're right. It doesn't matter. They they should have won the game. I mean, did you see how they lost with? Doesn't matter. With a poor poor Adrian Martinez. He tries so hard and just can't help himself making these like catastrophic mistakes and end up blowing the game late. I, but again, I still feel good about that pick. I would pick that game again. They just uh, at the end of the day, Michigan made the plays when they had to and didn't make the mistakes like Nebraska did. But they let me down there. So. If you look at this now, I am six and three in my locks of the week. And Charlie, I don't know. We've like lost count of your like. Some weeks you have your locks, some weeks you don't. Who knows? I, did I know. So you're now three and three with your locks, Louise. So you're three and three with your with your locks and with your upset specials. Okay. So you're five hundred there. What are you? I am six and three, and now six. Actually, six and three, six and three. Ah. Uh. Why would it be two if I remember? My locks were that my locks were going great, and I you know I I, I shouldn't have put the bonus pick oh, in there. Oh yeah, I don't have a lot for this week. I threw I Nebraska in there because I felt so good about it. Well, oh my god, <laughs> it's all it's my fault, Charlie. I didn't remind you. It's my fault. It's okay. I uh, shouldn't have to remind you, I'll but recap I recap it at the end of the episode. That's yeah, you have. You, as you know, I will lock circled. Will you have it by the end of the episode? Yep. I'm sure you're gonna put a lot of thought into it. I am clearly. I am. Clearly. Our listeners are very impressed. I'm not. Very, very impressed. And they're very much going to pay a lot of attention to your lock and upset special because you put so much time into it. I do. I'm going to think about it. You're going to think hard about it. I've been thinking about it. I just haven't made a decision. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's... that's, that's, Half hour. I mean, half hour, yeah, I'll talk... I mean, maybe I'll talk a little more than half hour. Yeah. Hey, I'm trying to give our listeners some content. They want content. They want content. That's fine. Take the over. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You'll win that bet. But (laughs) that's okay. Uh, Real quickly, before we get to our picks, though, in our Pick'em League, Daniel B has ascended to first place with a 47 and 13 record. Very impressive. Followed by Jimmy and I. Hanuser? Hanuser? I don't know if that's just my like initials there, but H-A-N-U-S-R coming in third place. So got some guys doing a really good job there, and uh, we got about half the season left, so there's plenty of time for people to get caught back up and move up that leaderboard. And that includes yourself, Charlie, even though you went two weeks without... You went two weeks making picks with the wrong account. No, it was only one week. 
I feel like it was two. I think it was only one. I'm fairly certain that there was I'm two weeks sure in a row. I'm pretty sure it was only one because the, the one that I should not have used is only like five games. Okay. It's only one week. All right. Maybe there's one week you just didn't pick at all? No. There was one I week where I didn't actually like do my confidence picks and like move them around. That was my fault. And so that really hurt me badly. But I'm still trying to come back from that. I'm trying to come back from that. So I, you're not alone there. I messed it up one what week What place too. are you in? I don't even know. I, I honestly, I'm still making the picks. I didn't pay attention because I that one week I just kind of let it go and it was my fault. And so now I think I'm, I'm 36. I don't even know where I am. I think I'm 36. Okay. Well, yeah. After you that, you were 35 after, last week. Yeah. After that week where I just didn't do my picks right, it just screwed me up. And that after blaming me. Well, you you didn't it. do it right for two weeks. I'm pretty sure I didn't do it right for no, one. No, it was one. I feel like it was two for you. But okay. Well, I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. You're smarter than me, so we'll go with it. You are the star of the show. I should defer to you. So. There's that. All right, we got some picks to make. Where are we starting things today? We're going to start today off with a SEC cross-division rivalry, which ended with an LSU win last year after Marco Wilson's infamous shoe-throwing incident. The Tigers lost to Kentucky last weekend, 42-21, to and it isn't entirely out of the question that the 3-3 three and three Tigers will not get another SEC win I might this actually take that and say they're not going to win again. I know. LSU was barely able to beat... Mississippi State a couple weeks ago, but now with Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas, and Texas A&M left on their schedule, it's just not... No. How does he still have a job? How does Coach O still have a job well, right now? We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Florida is 4-2 and two with losses to Alabama and Kentucky. I didn't think Florida would be great this year, but I think they'll be good enough to move the ball against LSU, especially since this will be an 11 o'clock kickoff in Louisiana. But the Cajuns love that. Take the home crowd out of it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, The spread is 10.5, and and I really don't want to pick Florida to cover because, well, I hate the Gators. Well, it's Florida. We don't want to ever pick the Florida Gators. But I guess I have to because LSU, this team has just quit on Coach O. I totally agree. They have quit quit on Coach O. Especially after last week where he said he was going to take yeah, that guy down to the bayou. Yeah, I mean, what the guy said was out of line. He was trying to get a rise out of Coach O. Coach O was dumb enough right, to play right into it. Know. He was dumb enough to play right into it. It's like, just, dude, just don't. You're already on thin ice as it is. Like, you can't afford these idiotic mistakes, man. Like, just be a professional. Uh, so, you taking Florida? Yes. To cover? Yeah. Uh, before the season, when we did our predictions episode, I will own it. I picked LSU to win this football game. We, we did a, our helmet schedule picks, went up and down the schedule for each and every team and picked every single game that we played in the SEC this year, or by SEC games, SEC teams. And in this game, I picked LSU to win. But I'm man enough to admit it. I was dumb. I was dumb, Charlie. That was a dumb pick because that ain't happening. LSU is not winning this football game. You're right. I agree. LSU has just flat out quit on Coach O. He has lost the locker room. That's apparent to anyone who's watching them play. Just He looks helpless over there on the sideline. He, like he has no idea what's going on and what he can do to fix the team. And now, with the injury news coming out this week that Keishon Boutte, their star wide receiver, is out for this season, that now means their best player on offense, Boutte, and their best player on defense, Derek Stingley, they're now both out for the season. Woo, Charlie, that's tough. On top of the fact their team has just quit on their coach. They also have no run game to speak of whatsoever. Florida isn't, like, in my opinion, I don't think Florida is really all that great themselves. I think they are a good team, but they're certainly not great. And Death Valley is obviously not an easy place to go play and try to leave there with a win, but this is not Death Valley at night. And the win has clearly been taken out of the Tiger sails with how this season has gone to this point. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if that stadium isn't full on Saturday. Charlie, like, would that be crazy if you, t- if you turn that game on? You're like, wow, there are blocks of empty seats there. Well, aren't they still doing the you have to have your vaccine card? Or no, no, that they, they stopped, stopped it. They stopped it starting because this week. Because it was starting way this week. too difficult, it's, I'm sure. it was No, it was a major problem in the stands. Plus, like, there's just no need for that. Well, I as far mean, as I, I mean, I don't yes, get into that, but yes. it's going to cause major issues. Like, yeah. And people were probably, rebe- I mean, I would not well, want to. Well, I mean, they're looking around the, the conference saying no other SEC team is right. doing this. Why are we doing it? And but also, I'm sure the fans would be annoyed because if they're not vaccinated, then they're paying to get a test. That's expensive. Sure, absolutely. It's just, yeah, it's just unfeasible. So, yeah, they're not doing that. But I, still, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, you know, it's a tailgate. It's early. They're not good. They probably don't expect to win this football game. The best player on offense, best player on defense are out. They are quitting on Coach O. The fans have quit on Coach O. I wouldn't be shocked that statement isn't, is, is just not full on Saturday. So I don't think there's going to be that significant of a home field advantage. 
Um, LSU has issues stopping the run. Let's go from, from a scheme standpoint here. They can't stop the run. Florida's number one in the league in rushing offense. It's just not a good matchup. So on top of that, I mean, LSU's falling apart. It's a bad matchup. So Charlie, I'm with you. I hate picking Florida. I never, you know, I, I want to get my picks right. So it means I kind of have to like root for those teams to win. And I never want to root for Florida. I always feel dirty rooting for Florida, but I want to be right. And Florida's the right pick here. So give me Florida to win, obviously, and also cover the 10.5. I don't love the hook, but still give me the Gators to cover 10.5. Probably win by two-plus touchdowns. Okay, well, good old Bo Nix was incapable of leading Auburn to a win last weekend when the dogs were in town. And now he has to lead the Tigers on the road as a three-and-a-half-point underdog against Sam Pittman's Razorbacks. The Razorbacks lost in heartbreaking fashion last weekend at Ole Miss when they failed to convert a late two-point conversion attempt. The Razorbacks are 4-2, and two, but they've lost two straight and are really looking forward. They're trying to get that momentum back. Exactly. Get that magic back. Yep. Don't forget about the revenge factor in this one. Because last year, mm. the Hogs were flat out robbed. They got screwed. Of a win last year. Good old SEC Auburn. officiating, baby. So, I know that Sam Pittman has been all over Twitter encouraging people to get there, be early, be loud. Taking a note out of Kirby's book, I guess. Can I interrupt you for a second? Sorry. Sure. I, I, I just want one more second to one more chance to bash Bo Nix. So talking crap about us and how Georgia gets all these calls. That was Georgia on that pass interference, right? Or what he thought should have been pass interference on that fourth down play right before the halftime. We never get any calls. Oh, poor pitiful us. You literally stole a game from Arkansas because the officials were so terrible, they gave you that game last year. You stole that game for them. It was clearly a fumble. So don't tell me that Auburn and Bo Nix don't get calls. What a freaking joke. Sorry, go ahead. Also, let's not forget that Bo Nix is terrible on the road. He is very, very bad on the road. So I definitely think Arkansas will walk away with the W, and I think that they will also cover the points. So I'm going with the Hogs. The hogs, the hogs, the hogs. I'm going tired. The hogs, and the accent comes the out. The dogs, the hogs. Yeah, it's all right. It's all good. I didn't know you had that accent in you. Interesting. I don't know where that came from. Move along. Uh, Move but along. I'm excited to watch this one. I am. I think this is going to be an interesting game because I think these are two pretty evenly matched teams. I think they're built similarly. Oh, I got it. Right. That's a word that's tough for me. I got it. Similarly. Let's go. Uh, but they're both coming off recent beatdowns, courtesy of your Georgia Bulldogs. Now, we did expose the problems that a good run game poses for that Arkansas 3-2-6 defensive scheme. And despite what we did to them last week, Auburn does run the ball well, and they could have some success on Saturday. I could certainly see that happening. But when it comes down to it, Charlie, you're exactly right. I'm glad you said it. I just don't trust Bo Nix on the road. I don't trust him anywhere. Certainly don't trust him on the road. I know... The LSU game happened, and everyone wants to give him credit. Oh, Bo Nix, who's the Bo Nix magic? Bo Nix was not good in that football game. He was not good. He was under 60% completion percentage. Yeah, there was a little backyard Bo match when he did his little loop-de-loop, run around, do whatever he wants to do in his backyard. But you can't count on that week in and week out. I do think these are two pretty evenly matched teams, but the Bo Nix road factor and the home crowd puts the Hogs over the top. You're right, Charlie. There is a little revenge factor here as well. So give me Arkansas to win and cover the three and a half at home. Arkansas? Arkansas. Hogs, as you said. All right. Well. 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 Our next game has Jimbo Fisher and his Aggies going to Mizzou after their astonishing win over Bama last weekend. Astonishing. It really was. Yeah. I mean, it was a, that was – where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Jimbo is an experienced coach, and hopefully he's been able to keep his players focused. We know Mizzou is really struggling on defense this season, but despite the win over Bama, the Aggies still aren't exactly lighting it up offensively with Zach Calzada at quarterback and a bunch of inexperience on the offensive line. However, I think that with Zach Calzada getting all the reps the past few weeks. He's growing. He's getting better. He's, he's improving. He's getting better. He's improving. He's still not great, but he's improving. The current line is favoring AM by eight and a half, and I think I'm going to take AM to cover it. Yeah, I like that pick, Charlie. This Missouri defense, I don't know if you've actually got a chance to watch Missouri at all this year. This Missouri defense is really hard to watch, especially for an old defensive guy like myself. It is just a hard watch. Charlie, they are dead last. 130th out of 130 teams in the FBS, Missouri's dead last 
in all of college football in rush defense. And yeah, AM has had some issues on the offensive line. They got some inexperienced players there up front, got some young guys, but they still have two of the best running backs in the SEC in Spiller and A-Chain. And that's just a bad matchup. That's a tough matchup for Missouri. And the Missouri offense has been good. I mean, Tyler Beatty is a stud at running back. I mean, that's an NFL player right there. They're throwing for roughly 300 yards a game. But the only way Missouri can win right now is in a shootout. And I don't think the AM defense will allow this to become a shootout. I still believe this AM defense is good. They're not an elite defense, but they're like just a hair away from that. They're just a shade behind that. They're very, very good. And I'm with you, Charlie. I think Calzada is improving. And I think he's going to be a good quarterback. He has really flashed some high-level skills. He's just not there yet. He's young. He's inexperienced. You got to take your lumps as a young, inexperienced quarterback. And because of that, he's been up and down. And that's why that team has been up and down. And that's why they've lost some games that they shouldn't have lost based on their talent edge in those games against teams like Arkansas and Mississippi State. So there's always that risk with him at quarterback. And you have to worry about the letdown factor here, obviously coming off the big win at home against Alabama. But I go back to what I said earlier. It's just a bad, bad matchup for Missouri. Every team's a bad matchup for Missouri because if you have a pulse, if you have a, a running back that's hard is actually beating, he's probably going to rush for over 100 against them. And AM has two of the best in the conference. Bad matchup. Uh, if your de- rush defense is 130th in the country, I just can't figure to cover anything. Eight and a half is, I mean, that's a lot of points for a team that still struggles to consistently move the football on offense. But I just think Missouri's that bad on defense. AM really can run the football when they commit to it. I think clearly they're going to commit to it here, and I think they win this game by 10 plus. So give me AM to win and cover the eight and a half. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Okay. Texas enters this week licking their wounds after blowing a 21-point lead and a wild loss to Oklahoma last weekend. After the first half, I thought we both nailed the upset special. I was I was game. celebrating, but man. Thought we had it. Not so much. And this week, the Longhorns welcome in the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who may be the quietest undefeated team left in America. Seriously. I, I think you could make that How argument. many people... Know that the Pokes were still undefeated. Yeah, they're five and zero, still undefeated. Wow. I, that's not common knowledge. No one talks about them. This game also has serious Big Twelve game, Big Twelve title game implications. Those two spots in the Big Twelve title game are very much up for grabs still, and a win in this game would be a big shot in the arm for both teams' chances. This is a big letdown spot for Texas, in my opinion, but the Horns are still favored by five and a half at home. I really don't know. I was still thinking about this. Still I mean, currently thinking about I mean, it. You're probably like a lot of people. You haven't paid attention to Oklahoma State because they haven't really played much of anybody. And they've well, kind of I been just off the radar. I don't know how Texas is going to react to what happened last year. Well, it could, be a, it could be a letdown spot, like you said. Or it could be like they're just pissed off and want to come back and like take out some frustration on somebody. And that somebody might just be but the Cowboys. But they do it in a controlled fashion to where they actually win? And we're going to find out. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. They haven't been in this spot under Sarkeesian. We'll find out. I think there's a good chance it will be the case, but we don't know. I think they're going to win, but I'm going to take Oklahoma State to cover. Okay, five and a half. All right. Yeah, Oklahoma State, I'll say this for them. You're right, Charlie. It's a very quietly undefeated team. And, and I'll give them credit. They've done what they've had to do. Like It's like it's almost like Kentucky in a way. Like, Kentucky has beaten who they've had to beat. They're undefeated. 
great job, good for you, kudos, but are you really, really an elite team? Are you really that good? Are you really like a top 10 level team? And if you look at Oklahoma State, yeah, they're undefeated, but they're only plus 365 in total yards differential, which is okay. It's fine. That doesn't scream 5-0. Being plus 365 screams like 3-2. and two. That's like a, a typically a 3-2 and two team. So what that tells me is they've gotten some breaks along the way. They haven't played a really a tough schedule. I mean, they defeated Southwest Missouri State, Boise State, and Tulsa by a combined 13 points. They're doing just enough to get by. 5-0 and oh is 5-0, and oh, sure, but you're doing just enough to get by. It's been all defense for Okie State this season. They're top 20 in the country, giving up 305 yards a game, top 25 in scoring defense. But their offense, which is this is the weird thing. Normally, Oklahoma State traditionally has gotten it done with offense, and defense is always the, the bugaboo. It's always the issue. But this year is kind of reversed. Their offense is just a far cry from the high-flying offenses of yesteryear there in Stillwater. They're only 85th nationally in the country, only averaging 375 yards a game. Quarterback Spencer Sanders, like he's back for his third year as a starter, but I mean, he's regressed. His numbers are nowhere near what they've been in the past, and you have to believe a lot of that's because you don't have guys like Chubba Hubbard and Tylen Wallace. You just don't have those playmakers around him. And look, again, as an old defensive guy, I love great defense. I really do, but I still believe you have to be able to score to win football games. And I'm, especially against teams that are more talented than you, because Texas is more talented than Oklahoma State. And I'm just not sure Oklahoma State can do that. I'm not sure they can just outscore Texas. You're right, Charlie. Texas could be in a letdown spot here. I can't discount that possibility. But I also think this could be one of those games where they just come out and take out their frustrations and take it to the Cowboys. Casey Thompson at quarterback has taken this Texas offense to a new level. That wasn't the problem for them on Saturday or last week against uh, Oklahoma. It was defensively, it was the issue. And I just don't think Oklahoma State's on the level of Oklahoma with the playmakers they have to be able to, to challenge Texas like that. So th- I think the combination of Thompson with B. John Robinson, who is the best running back in America as far as the running backs I've seen at least, I think that combination would be too much for Oklahoma State. I think Texas hands the Pokes their first loss of the year, and I like them to cover the five and a half at home. I want to lock this up. I really want to lock this up. I might come back to it. I'm not going to lock it up yet. But I'm going to come back to it potentially. Oh, you mean you haven't made all of your decisions yet? No, I mean, I, I have a lock in mind that I'm going to go with, but I might also lock this well, one sure, up. Well, sure, so do I. I'm just not going to say it until the end of the show. Okay, Charlie. You're better than me. I mean, who did you pick for the Texas A&M-Mizzou game? I picked Texas A&M, Charlie. Texas A&M, got it. I think I went over that about five minutes ago. You did, but I forgot to write it down because I was trying to move on to the next game. So much going on. You're right. Yep. So, a lot of moving parts here. Well, we all know Nick Saban lost to his former assistant coach Jimbo Fisher last Saturday, but I can guarantee that Saban has made his players pay for it this week. The Tide are traveling to Starkville this weekend, and I feel bad for Mike Leach's team because there will be no mercy after how they blew the game last weekend. Alabama, yeah. Yeah. He will have their attention. He will have their attention for sure. Mississippi State did beat Texas A&M two weeks ago and had a bye last weekend, giving them some extra time to prepare for Alabama. But it just won't be enough. Will it be enough to cover the 17 points? That's the real question. I think Alabama lost. They are going to want to come want to come out and prove themselves because now they have a loss. So well, they, they have proved themselves. Everybody. Well, they have, but they have to continue to if they want to be yeah. in the playoff conversation. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. I mean, hmm. fair. Who do they have left to play? Because you got I mean, Cincinnati sitting there undefeated. Right. Probably likely going to go undefeated and everyone's right. not going to play anybody. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're uh, right. Yeah, I think it'll be, yep, they'll cover. I'm going with Alabama. Cover all right. The so, all right, cover the 17. All right, I see where you're going there. Now, I thought this a couple weeks ago when I saw this game on the schedule. Really, after I watched Mississippi State play Texas A&M, I thought this would be a tricky spot for Bama prior to what happened last weekend in College Station. But last Saturday night's results made sneaking up on Bama a lot harder for the Bizarro Dogs. Mississippi State's 3-2, and two, but if you watch them play, they are much better than that record. They very easily could be 5-0. There's some context there. They lost to Memphis, yeah, but they outgamed Memphis by 222 yards, and the SEC came out and essentially said, yeah, we stole that game from you because the SEC officials are so bad. It wasn't one back call. It was two horrific calls that cost Mississippi State that game, and they still sh- almost won that game and should have won that game. So they, in my opinion, like it's like Arkansas last year against Auburn. Oh, Mississippi State won that game. They not I guess in the record books, but like they they won that football game. And yes, they lost to LSU, but they also outgained LSU by 143 yards in that game. So, I mean, they are what they are. They're three and two, but they they're just a, a hair away from being five and zero. I mean, easily could be five and zero right now. Now the drop eight defensive scheme that everyone has started to employ. 
against them. Has really taken away their explosiveness offensively, but they've adjusted. I got to give them credit. Last year, they had a hard time adjusting in season, but they clearly spent the offseason adjusting and uh, they, it, I don't say the air raid is not grounded. It's just a different version of the air raid. They're taking the underneath routes. They're paper cutting their way to yards and wins right now. And defensively, Mississippi State is also pretty good. They're top 30 in the country, 318 yards a game. They're strong in the front seven. They're a suspect at times in the back end. They're 70th in the country and passing defense going at 230 yards a game. And obviously, that's not ideal when you're playing a team like Alabama who has some playmakers out wide. But the reality is the best part of the Alabama offense the past two weeks has not been the pass game. It's been the run game. Now, apparently, as I'm finding out more and more each week, apparently every broadcaster in America is contractually obligated to not criticize Bryce Young, even for obvious mistakes like, oh, I don't know, throwing interceptions from the two-yard line, which ultimately ended up costing your team the game. But he's shown, if you're being objective, he's shown he's really good. I'm not saying he's not good. He's really good. But he's also shown that he's human the past two weeks. He's still developing, guys. He's not all the way there. There's no coincidence his two worst games by far this season have come on the road against Florida and last week at A&M. Yeah, he threw for 350 last week at A&M. But he was only 58% of his completion percentage, and he threw the ball 50 times. And if you watched it closely, he was missing some reads. He was indecisive at times. He was inaccurate at times. So there are some holes there. He's still really good, but he's not He's not Tua. He's not Mac Jones from last year. He's not there yet. He probably will be, but he's not there right now. And that crowd at Wade Davis on Saturday night is going to be full blast. And it's just, it's just hard. It's just hard for defenses to play Mississippi State to prepare to play for them, really, because it's like playing a triple option offense. On defense, you have to play in a way that you never play any other week of the season. You just have to play outside your comfort zone. And that's hard for any team, even Alabama. Like Will Anderson has been a stud for Bama rushing the passer, but pass rushers just aren't really factors against Mike Leach offenses because you're only rushing three most of the time, and they get the ball out quick. So, And here's one more thing I love about this game. I love that Mississippi State has learned to be patient on offense and take the underneath stuff with how teams defend them by dropping eight. And by doing that, they're controlling the time of possession. They're fifth nationally in time of possession. And look, time of possession as it relates to winning games can be a very, very overrated stat. But if you're talking about covering a spread, it can be very important. Bama's just not going to have as many chances with the football if Mississippi State executes. And I think they probably have a good chance to do that. I was all ready to take Mississippi State in whatever points they were getting before this line came out, but honestly, I expected it to be higher. 17's a little low for me to like love this pick, but still, I think Mississippi State is a sneaky, decent team, and they're at home at night against Alabama, and yeah, Alabama's good, but they're going to be jacked up to play Alabama. Team, fans, whole nine yards. And I think they're good enough under those conditions to keep it within 17. They're not going to beat Alabama but I think they can keep it within 17. It's going to be close. I wish it was just more like a 21 point spread, which I thought, which is what I thought it would be. 17 kind of took me by surprise, but I still have this gut feeling. If you look at the situation here, you look at how these teams play, I'm just going to win, but I like Mississippi State to cover the 17. Don't love it, but I'm still going to take it. All right. That makes two differences so far. Next up, we're going to take a rare detour out west as Arizona State is making the short trip north to Utah for the game that will likely decide the Pac-12 South as both teams are still undefeated in Pac-12 play. UCLA might have a say in the matter, but this will be a big one this weekend. Jaden Daniels is probably the best quarterback in the Pac-12, and Utah is riding high after a win in the Coliseum the other week. Or was that last week? It was last week. Last week. week. I've I've lost all concepts of time. It was last week. Utah is the home dog in this one as the Sun Devils are favored by one and a half over the Utes. I mean, that's basically a toss-up. It is. almost a pick. I'm going to go with the home team to cover. Home team going with the Utes. All right. Um, Charlie, I think you might be wrong. So that's an upset special. That's an upset special. Take it. I'll take it. I'm picking them to win. All right. Win outright. Yes. All right. I like it. Um, actually, I don't like it because I think Arizona State is the better football team here. I'm going to disagree with you. Well, I mean, I want us to also have differences. So. Well, no. Don't. I don't do that. 
Pick who you think is going to win. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I All mean, right. it's a... The yeah, line yeah. is one and a half. Okay, like, that's fine. That's fine. All right. But I think Arizona State's a better football team here. They have more weapons. They have the better quarterback. You mentioned Jaden Daniels. I'm a big believer in quarterback play being a decisive factor in games like this. I do not love the fact that it is at Utah at night. I will admit that. It's going to be a tough place to play with a mighty Utah student section, the must. But Arizona State has the best defense in the Pac-12 and the second best offense, the most balanced team in the in the conference right now. Jaden Daniels, you're right, Charlie. I do believe he's the best quarterback in the Pac-12 and he has some weapons to work with offensively. Ricky Pearsall, Curtis Hodges, two weapons to work with in the pass game. And, he, and Daniels has become a factor in the run game himself. Now, Utah, on the other hand, they just have not put it together offensively. They're lacking playmakers on the outside. They don't really have a feature back. They have a couple guys they roll in, in and out the running back position, but not, none of those are like really like true feature backs. And their starting quarterback, Charlie Brewer, for the, through the first couple games, he just up and left a few games in the season. They started to work Cam Rising into the equation as well at quarterback. He just left. He just quit. He's gone. So now Cam Rising, the former Texas transfer, he's taking over full time. And he's good-ish. He's fine. He's good. He's not an elite player. He's not Jaden Daniels. I do not think Arizona State is a playoff caliber team by any stretch of the imagination. But I fully expect them to win this game and also go on to win the Pac-12 South. Herm Edwards has done a good job holding together with all the offseason and controversy. So give me Arizona State to win and to cover the one and a half. I really, really want to lock this up, but I'm going to hold Still off. Still haven't made that decision, huh? No, I have made the decision. Okay. I just haven't gotten to the game yet. All right. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Well, Lane Kiffin is making his much-anticipated return to Knoxville this weekend to take on the Vols under the lights. Ole Miss fans had to be relieved when that final K.J. Jefferson pass fell incomplete last week. Kevin looked like he was going to go into cardiac arrest at any moment. Did you see him literally praying on the sidelines? Yeah, praying on the sidelines in the final drive, and rightfully so. Yeah, yeah rightfully so, absolutely. Uh, the Vols beat South Carolina 45-20 last weekend and are actually starting to look like a competent football team. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's know. fair to say, competent. Yeah, I like Hinton that word. Hooker threw three touchdowns last weekend and will probably have a good amount of success on Saturday because the Ole Miss defense is just mm, back to its old ways. Yep. Well, at least for one week, yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, it's 7.30 in Neyland Stadium, so it uh, can get kind of rowdy. Yeah. Although I feel like Ole Miss is just like, they just like ignore. Why I didn't... feel like it's just like, they. I feel like teams take on the persona of their coach and like Lane Kiffin just ignores all of that. It'd be so awesome they came out, they all came out, they were like, Boxes of popcorn. Yeah. It'd be freaking hilarious Just if they did that. Just toss their popcorn yeah, that'd be hilarious. lunch on it. That'd be hilarious. Uh, by the way, why didn't Tennessee hold off one week and do their blackout at night? I don't know. That That's idiotic. Anyway. It's dumb. I expect this to turn into another exciting Ole Miss shootout. I think Ole Miss ultimately has more offensive weapons and will end up outscoring the balls. I'm taking Ole Miss to cover, win and cover. Okay, before I get into this, Charlie, you know, I do want to go back. I'm going to lock up. Going back a couple games here. I'm locking up Texas minus five and a half against Oklahoma State. Lock that up for me. Okay, lock that up. All right. Yes, I was, give, I was giving you John for being indecisive, but there I was indecisive myself. Anyway, Ole Miss, Tennessee. Tennessee, you're right, Charlie. They are playing better football than expected. I do agree with you there. But let's pump the brakes here for a second and look at the competition. All right, Missouri, flat out terrible. And it was a really bad matchup for Missouri in that game with Tennessee. What they do best offensively is run the football. Missouri obviously cannot stop the run game. South Carolina, yeah, they beat the crap out of South Carolina. It was like 28-0 or something like that early in that game. South Carolina, as we all know, is not a good football team. So maybe yeah, Tennessee is beating teams in a way that we'd expect them to be able to beat teams this year, but it's not like they're beating anyone with a pulse. All right, so let's just pump the brakes a little bit here. But, you know, you're, you're not wrong here, Charlie. With Hinton Hooker at quarterback, they're much better and much more balanced offense than they were prior to that. But they still don't have the weapons on offense that Ole Miss does. Not even close. Now, my obvious concern in this game is that Ole Miss's defense is not very good. Uh, and that puts a lot of pressure on their offense to keep pace. But with Matt Corral, who 
Like, Charlie, right now, is Matt Corral the front runner for the Heisman Trophy? I mean, if you're going to base it solely on quarterbacks, like, it's, even offensive players, like, like stat-wise. Usually, it's you. It's a team that's contending for like a, a championship of some sort, and Ole Miss is not going to be a contender, but I don't. among those major contenders, like who is put a major number? C.J. Stroud for... Ohio State now? Like, I don't I don't know. I, I think Matt Corral right now is certainly up there, if not leading the Heisman race right now. I know it's still very early, but I mean, this guy is awesome. And with him at quarterback, they've been able to keep pace with their defense not playing, especially like last week, not playing well at all against Arkansas. But I will say in defense of the Ole Miss defense, last week was the first time that a team has just embarrassed them the way they were embarrassed every single week last year. They gave up over 600 yards, I think like over 650 to Arkansas. But prior to that game, they had not given up more than 451 yards in a single game. So they're they're still not good, but they they are improved from where they were last year. And I think the Ole Miss offense is good enough and balanced enough to exploit any deficiency a defense has. And Tennessee has some deficiencies on defense. They're 12th in the SEC in pass defense. That's not a good recipe against Matt Corral, who, again, I think very well could be leading the Heisman Trophy conversation right now. At the end of the day, I just think the Rebels have too much firepower and they're going to use that firepower and just enough defense to stop Tennessee's momentum, bring them back down to earth, and Kiffin is going to walk out of Neyland Stadium in his return, which is like an underrated, I feel like this is an underrated storyline this this week. Kiffin going, I know Tennessee's not on the national radar, but Lane Kiffin going back to Tennessee after how that ended all the bitterness there. I think this is an underrated little storyline. It's fun to watch. I'm very excited to watch this game, but I think that Kiffin's going to get the last laugh and walk out of there with the dub. All right. Well, and cover the three. And cover the three. Okay. Well, we always say it's the best game for last, and this week with number 11 Kentucky traveling to Athens, it truly is the best game for college football fans this weekend. Both the Cats and the Dogs are undefeated, and with this game, this game could very likely decide the SEC East champion for the season. Kentucky has been great so far, with the offense being led by Will Levis. Levis? Yes. Levis. Levis. You got it. You got Levis. it. Levis. Like Levis. Levis. Uh, who was 14 of 17 for 82% last week against LSU. Granted, it was LSU. Overall, he's thrown for 989 yards with eight touchdowns and six interceptions. He's been okay. Yeah. Their greatest challenge this season came at South Carolina at night where they won 16 to 10. Um, now, South Carolina can be a hard place to play, like I said, at Yeah, night. but South Carolina's also terrible. I know. They're terrible. But I think Sanford will be even louder, obviously, than South Carolina. But yeah. also louder than the Arkansas game. You think it will be? Because that was we were jacked up for that I, game. I, I I think it will be. Be elite, it might be elite. Yes. Um. I don't love the injury situation. I don't either. That we're in. You know, I'm concerned about that. I'm always concerned about everything, but I'm concerned about that. I think we might get a few guys of those back guys back this week, but they probably won't be a hundred percent. Well, at this point in the year, very few people are like 100%. It's like well, I mean, we want them close myth. to life. Yeah, we want to be as close as possible, yes. Being I able you're to right. Play. Right. Uh, I think the dogs will win this one. The spread's 24. I was going to pick Georgia, but now I'm going back to Kentucky. Oh. Hmm. Will, the, will we score enough to cover the 24? That's a good defense. Yeah, I'm going to pick Kentucky. Charlie's picking Kentucky. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. And I'm going to go and lock. Because I didn't, I have my upset special. Okay. I'm going to go back up quickly and lock Texas A&M. Oh, I, I considered it strongly. With a question? I no, I like it. I like it. If it was, I wish it was like seven, but I like it. I think it's a good lock. It's a good lock. All right. Lock. What's your take on Georgia? All right. So hopefully you guys listen to my full breakdown of this game uh, on Wednesday. But for those of you who didn't, I'll give you a quick little recap here. Kentucky is six and zero. Kentucky is good. Kentucky is physical. Kentucky has multiple NFL players, but at the same time, Kentucky also is not on Georgia's level. They just aren't. They have done a good job okay, this year. I'm going to stop you. I'm picking Georgia to cover. So what, I just change your mind? No, I started thinking about how loud we'll be. Yeah. Are you, you going to learn this Georgia team is different? You're, you're learning. I'm, I love it. You're learning. I just told you I was going to pick Georgia, and then I, I went know. back to Kentucky. I'm writing it down. Okay, I'm not going to change my mind Georgia. again. Okay. I'm picking UGA. Lock it in. I mean, heck, at this point, we should just lock it up. Are you going to give us the Bama treatment? <laughs> <laughs> or you just pick, like, the principal plays, just pick Georgia to cover every I mean, time? I mean, I don't know if I'm ready I, to go there yet. 
I mean, if I do, I feel like I'll jinx us. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it's, yeah. But we got to get over it, Charlie. It's a different team. Sorry. It's like Josh said earlier in the week. Old Georgia Syndrome. Got to get over it. Well, We're going to cure I'm ourselves like of this. I like that with everything. We, I, oh, I'm not like that with everything, but I'm with Georgia like football, I definitely am. I'm like that with everything. It's very hard to overcome so the like years Georgia, of trauma. I'm not going to change it. You may continue. Okay, so yeah. Kentucky 6-0. But it's been they beat knew they've had to beat that's been all the teams have been put in front of them. But it's a lot of smoke and mirrors, guys. They are a plus twenty-four, plus two four, twenty-four, vente yards on the year when their total yards differential. They are skating by. All right. They don't they had to do. Gotta give them credit. And good teams find a way to win. That's why I say they're a good team. But they are certainly not dominating anyone. And people want to give us junk about our schedule being soft. Kentucky hasn't played a schedule that's, I don't want to say it's not near as strong as ours, but if you look at some of these strength of schedule metrics out there, we're top five in the country, which is one of the things that makes me very, it's very comical to hear people talk about how, well, you know, Georgia, you know, they just haven't played anybody. Every time we beat somebody, it's, oh, you still haven't played anybody. It's like, okay, cool, whatever. But Kentucky's only plus 24 yards in the year. They outgained Tennessee, Chattanooga, Charlie by 18 yards. They were outgained by Florida by 160 yards and won that game because Florida made critical mistakes. Uh, they rushed for 340 against Missouri and 330 against LSU. But as I said earlier, Missouri is dead last in America in rush defense. LSU's given up over 200 yards a game on the ground against Power 5 teams. Yeah, they held Louisiana Monroe to 88 total yards. But here's another team that's dead last in something. Louisiana Monroe is dead last in the FBS in total offense. They're 4 0 in the SEC. Good for them. They've won the games. But they've beaten Missouri, South Carolina, and Florida by a combined 20 points. All right? combined 20 points. They are good. They've done enough to win those games, but that doesn't mean they're on our level. Both things can be true there. And yes, they are a top 25 rushing offense. Yes, they have the SEC's leading rusher in Chris Rodriguez. He's really good. Yeah, they have a dual threat quarterback. All of that's true. And I do think this is going to be the biggest challenge we've had to date in terms of stopping an opposing rushing attack. But you know what else is true? What they are best at plays right into our strengths their rushing offense versus our rush defense. And as good as they are at running the football, and they're good, we are just better at stopping the run. They're number 23 in actually rush offense. We are number one in rush defense. And we have completely shut down some really good rush offense and running backs, despite what the haters want to say out there. Now on offense, I will say it will not be easy moving the football on them. They are very well coached and we're still banged up on offense, as Charlie mentions. JT Daniels is almost certainly not going to play again in this game. But here's what I'm coming back to. We got this guy named Todd Munkin who sits up in the uh, the press box during the game. And he is the best coordinator in the country that no one is talking about. And despite all of our injuries, our offense has continued to just hum along because Munkin is flexible enough to fit his offense and our game plans every week around the players that we have available. Week to week, just it, it's gonna be it's gonna be the mash unit out there. But whoever's out there, he's been able to work a game plan to fit what they do best. And Kentucky's good on defense, but they're missing two key pieces on the interior of that defensive line, both out for this game, McCall and Oxendine. So I expect the game plan to be similar this week to what it's been the past couple of weeks. Come out, try to establish the run, force them to bring bodies around the line of scrimmage, and then take shots against man coverage off of play action. And I think the run game will once again be key on both sides if we can limit their run game, which again will be a challenge. They're really good on the offensive line. They have good running back, dual threat quarterback. It's going to be a challenge. They scheme it up really well. But if we can limit their run game and have a good amount of success ourselves on the ground, I think we win this game going away. 24 points is a lot of points. I get the hesitation, Charlie. In previous years, I'd be like, no way I'm touching this, especially against a really well-coached Kentucky team. And this is also like, Charlie, think about this. This is normally in years past where we'd be screaming from the rafters that this is a classic trap game, right? Yes. You come off the, the the win on the road at Auburn. You got a bye week and then Florida facing you coming up here in the next couple of weeks. This is a classic trap game. And in past years, that would really, really concern me. But this team is making me a believer. And Kentucky has no business winning this game unless we just hand it to them and self-destruct. Honestly, they really don't have any business staying that close in this game unless we kind of just hand it to them. Now, if we do that and turn the ball over a ton, miss tackles, that kind of thing, I will give Kentucky credit and say they are good enough to jump up and beat us if we do that kind of thing, if we beat ourselves. But it would take us really wetting the bed here in this game. And I just keep going back to it. I think this team is different. I think I've seen enough to say this team is different. No team is immune to not playing well. There's no team out there that is invincible. I do not believe in that. We saw that last week with Alabama. 
But I just trust this team in a way I have not trusted other Georgia teams maybe ever in my lifetime as a Georgia fan. So 24 is a lot. I don't, I'm not super confident we're going to cover, but you know what? I, I'm going to lean that way instead of taking Kentucky here. So I'm going to go dogs to win in Georgia to cover the 24. All right. I'm trying to learn, Charlie. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to, to get better at trusting this team. And I think I do. I'm getting closer and closer. Now, Charlie, before you get out of here, all right, real quick. You don't have an upset special. Exactly. All right. Before we get out of here, we talked about this a little bit last week. We the, the, the slate of games we put out here is mainly SEC games because we think our listeners in SEC country want to listen to these games, right? But these aren't necessarily the games that we feel like super confident that we would bet on, right? And so I was thinking, you know, over the past couple of weeks, it might be a good idea for me or you as well, if you want to, to give our listeners some of the games I'm actually going to bet on that don't make the slate because we don't think people want to hear like a full breakdown of these games. Okay. Sound decent? So I'm just going to quickly rapid fire throughout some games that I'm going to put some of my own money on this week. These are games that I feel really good about. So I got Oregon coming off the bye, minus 13 and a half over Cal. Give me Oregon, minus 13 and a half. I think that's a big play Isn't right here. Is it on Friday night? I think it is on a Friday. It's like I think horrible. it's Friday night. And it doesn't even kick until like 10.30 Eastern time or something. Yep. Well, because it's on the West Coast, yeah. Right. So I probably won't be Bad watching idea. it. But I, I, but they, they gotta get eyes. That's how they. Pac-12 gotta do that. Get eyes on. Who's games. gonna watch it at ten thirty? But nobody watches it when they're put up against other games just, on it's, Saturday. It's bad all around. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I'm thinking Oregon, thirteen and a half. I think Cal just can't score. Oregon's come off the loss and they had a bye week to get to get right. I think Oregon wins this game by maybe twenty plus points. Um, I'm also last week Nebraska let me down, but I cannot believe this line. Charlie, have you seen this Nebraska minus four on the road in Minnesota? Minnesota lost to Bowling Green, guys, at home. Bowling Green is terrible. So I Nebraska minus four over Minnesota. I'm gonna maybe I'm a fool again, but I'm taking Nebraska minus four. Lock it up, Charlie. Add that to my lock list. Okay, lock this one up. Nebraska minus four over Minnesota on the road. All right, you talk about I don't have an upset special. I got I don't even like the, the ones on the slate. I I wasn't just gonna make a, have a reach upset special. I want to reach because I didn't like any of those upset specials. Here's what I do like UCLA plus two and a half at Washington. I think UCLA is going to cover. I think UCLA is going to win this game outright. Washington simply cannot move the football. They are not good on offense. So give me the Bruins to win outright on the road in Seattle. And then my last one here, Texas Tech minus 16 and a half at Kansas. I don't understand this line. Kansas, the closest margin that they've had in a game, they've lost all Oh, I think they've won one game. But the closest margin they've had in losses is 19 points. Texas Tech, I know they've got a backup quarterback in there, but Henry Columbia's played a good bit for them. I'd like Texas Tech minus 16 and a half at Kansas. So there's a four bonus games for you guys that I just want to throw out there that I'm actually putting some of my money on. So I want to throw that out there. We had some people ask me like, hey, what are you actually gambling on? And I thought, hey, you know what? I can throw those games out there on the show. So there that's you go. That's good. Gamble responsibly. 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 Just have fun with it. But all right, guys. That is, that's it, right, Charlie? That's, that's it. it. All right, guys. Well, it's another big one between the hedges this weekend. Hope you guys can make it out. If not, do your thing. Enjoy your college ball Saturday. Should be a lot of fun. And we got to enjoy these guys. I mean, Charlie, we're at the halfway point. We're past the halfway point. It's crazy. So enjoy it while it's here, guys. Thank you for listening. For Charlie, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.